Welcome to another episode of the Elevate Podcast. I'm your host, Delaney McGuire. And here on the show, we're all about people and products that make an impact. We interview founders, VCs, tech experts, wellness experts, doctors, anyone who is building something that is scalable, that's impacting tons of people and also making profits at the same time. Today on the show, we have Maddie Miles. Maddie is one of my good friends. She's a board-certified IHP. She's going to tell you all about what that means. She's a clinical herbalist, women's health practitioner, and founder of Peace Love Hormones. Maddie, just in her mid-20s, has built an epic women's health consumer packaged goods company with her main product called Soothe. She has other products as well, but essentially Maddie has built a very impactful bootstrapped brand all around wellness, things she's extremely passionate about and has made a ton of profit and revenue doing so. So let's jump into this conversation with Maddie Miles. Maddie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Delaney, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, this is great. It's so funny. I honestly had assumed we'd done a podcast together because we've been friends for so long and have had so many great conversations. I was like, this is the perfect time. I'm so excited to get to pick your brain. Yeah, it feels like we have because I have spoken at a few of your, you no longer are hosting them, but those brunches. That's what it is. Yeah. And I spoke at a few of those. And so it feels like we've done a podcast. It was like a live podcast. It was. That was pretty cool. We mm -hmm. both, that was great. And now we're both even further along in our entrepreneurial journey. So there's even more nuggets to unpack. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into it. Perfect. I just read your bio for the audience. So they'll have some context, but why don't you tell us what you do and what you're most excited about? Yeah, I am a clinical health practitioner and clinical herbalist. I love all things natural medicine. So that is where not only I spend a hundred percent of my time work-wise, but also just in my life, all things are pretty crunchy and granola over here in this household in the best of ways. And I'm forever learning and researching and I'm a woman and I cycle. I have my menstrual cycle very regularly because I stopped hormonal birth control years ago and I tailor everything to my cycle as well. So my business is tailored to my cycle, my, my social events and my relationship and my friendships, everything in my life is tailored to how my hormones are fluctuating, how my physiology is fluctuating throughout my month, my cycle. And I'm the founder of Peace Love Hormones and we are a if you're really niching down a menstrual health brand that uses education, I have my own podcast and a bunch of social media platforms, but also organic herbal tinctures. So some people like to call them supplements because that registers with them, but really they're herbal tinctures, they're herbal remedies. And so on a very niche level, we do focus a lot on women's menstrual health and hormones and fertility. Eventually, we'll get into pregnancy and postpartum and menopause as I go throughout those stages of my life naturally. But like a of course, built in I'm, scaling method. Yeah, it's definitely a way to look at it for sure. I think the more business minds, like my boyfriend Braxton, who's very much business oriented and he likes the numbers and he likes looking at the data and the analytics of the back end of the store, which is not always my, it's definitely not my drive, but of course I know how to do it. And I know it's important. <laughs> it's equally as important, but he loves that. And he loves how the business is built. He's like, this is incredible. This is like everyone's dream like <laughs> business model. And I really didn't go into it with that. And obviously we can get into that, but I had no idea what even like a great business model was considered. So everything 
everything has happened pretty organically over here. And I just am grateful that I get to take care of myself and take care of others for a living. I feel like that is just such an incredible career. Mm. I love that. And yeah, we can definitely go into that rabbit hole of how that's probably the reason you're actually finding so much success because it's rooted in from such a place of authenticity and care and passion. So it's, I can only imagine it's much easier to bust through those walls when they inevitably come up and there's doubt and there's fear or uncertainty, but having that super deep connection to what you're doing, and it's not just like a money play or a great business model. You're able to just really stick with it. Bingo. Yeah. I love that. Very cool. Okay. So we were just chatting this weekend. And one of the things when I asked you what was up and what was new, you were giving yourself some due credit and self-celebration that and this is context for everyone, you're not someone who went out and raised a bunch of venture capital to start this business. Like you're a girl who became very passionate about something, whether it was college or right out of college or before college, but essentially you just got really scrappy and you went from idea and brought this to life. What did those really early stages from like conception to actually turning this into something, what did that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember telling you that this past weekend because I I've realized lately that I don't celebrate myself enough. So I'm like, let's just pick out certain things, right? That we can work on celebrating myself on. So yeah, I'm completely self-funded. And I mentioned this before, but really the concept of peace, love hormones, I, I kind of giggle when people ask me, like, what got you into this? I'm like, I you know, it's almost like asking like, why is a fish into water or why are like trees into being outside? It's, this is just my nature, right? Like I'm a woman. I care a lot about my health and well-being because if I don't feel well, which I didn't for so many years of my younger life, I was very sick and I just felt like I was hospitalized most of my younger years and very sick when I was younger. More or less health and medicine, even when it was allopathic medicine predominantly, has always been a part of my life. And so it wasn't something that I necessarily got into as more of just like, I. it's been a forever journey of just learning about myself, learning what works for me, what doesn't work for me, learning about like human physiology, specifically female physiology, which is so foreign to so many people, including doctors, because I have a handful of friends who went the traditional like allopathic route and never had one class on female physiology. So it's still, it's just like this wide area of study that still needs to be explored. And that is so exciting to me. And I love science and I love getting into the nitty gritty of things. But at the same time, I just, I live and breathe this, right? Like I know what's going on within my body. I know what I've experienced in the past. And there's so much that happens to women specifically, such as conception and getting pregnant and having a baby that just happens without our intervention. So really, I would say like the biggest part of my journey by myself and as a business, because it's really one in the same has just been like intuition and really going inward and like figuring out what is it that I'm like truly passionate about? Who am I as a human as well? I had to figure that out. And I realized along the way that I love educate, educating others. I love connecting with others. I love learning. I love talking to the plants. I love being outside in nature. I love having my own garden. Like I just realized all these things that I love and naturally 
peace hormones just unfolded. Like I, I kid you not, everything was just organic and like it just happened when it was supposed to. I was health and wellness blogging. I was still an undergrad at the time and I was in my nutrition and dietetics classes and I realized very quickly I didn't want to be a dietitian, at least not in the allopathic sense. So I knew that no matter what, when I graduated, I was going into school again. So I just started health and wellness blogging on Instagram. And then eventually I got a website that I created on Squarespace for $0. And it was really just where I was putting my recipes up. And then little by little, I'm learning more on the outside. I'm specifically, this was very monumental in like my entire journey, but I realized how detrimental the hormonal birth control pill was. And I was taking it at that time for six years. So I just got obsessed with researching that, was sharing about it very candidly on social media, stopped birth control in school at the same time for integrative health and herbal medicine. So I'm creating these herbal formulas that I'm not creating these in the sense of I'm not like building a new species of plants, <laughs> but I'm researching, I'm studying, I'm going back to our ancient roots and herbalism is like a woman's ancient healing art. So I'm going back to what are the herbs that have been used for thousands of years to support women, not just with coming off the birth control pills because birth control hormonal contraceptive is very new in terms of like our existence as humans and even just medicine in general, it's still very new. It's in its infancies and things are getting retracted all the time. And a lot of stuff is going on behind the scenes, which I do recommend for anyone who hasn't seen it to watch the business of birth control, little mm. side note there. So I... I came off, I'm showing all the things that I'm doing in terms of nutrition and lifestyle and herbal medicine is a huge one. And so then I realized, oh, I need more than just Instagram to talk about this. I need a podcast. So then I started a podcast and then it turned into everyone was wanting my herbal remedies. So I just started making little ones myself. And then I realized, oh, wait, like I, I need this to be more legit, number one. And there is such a need for this. I can no longer do this myself. And I really just took a chance on myself. It was scary as heck. And by no means did I put in like an order, a purchase order of thousands of units. My first go with the team, it was 500 units, something super, super small that I could afford. I knew that I could afford it myself and that I truly believed that whether it sold in a week, a month, five months, I would sell these. I knew it. And sure enough, I did. So each time I just slowly increased my purchase order and really just using estimated guesses of, okay, what are the trends? And I'm on Shopify now, and I have been ever since I started selling product. And you really need to wait a few months to really understand your consumers. And I'm a subscription based as well. So we needed, we really needed a few months to see our people dropping off. What month are they dropping off? To a certain extent, that's also normal for some of the formulas. So it's all just been me showing up as I have been for years and years at this point on social media, on my podcast, educating. I have my herbals and we have a website and now we have our website team. We have the people who are really looking over the analytics and SEO and how all of those things are interacting with each other. I have my herbal team out in California. So I did it slow for sure. Like literally a few months ago. I got custom packaging for the first time. And usually that's something that a lot of companies, like right from the get-go, they just spend so much money on all this stuff. And I realized 
custom packaging doesn't matter. It's really the product, like the product needs to work itself. And so that's why for the first year and a half of selling, I didn't have anything special with my packaging, even though the designer in me like really wanted something more personalized so that when someone opens up their door, they see this cute piece of hormones yeah. box. You know? And of course, everything would be done sustainably and eco-friendly. Like that's always will be the case with our brand. But I wanted that and I waited. I was patient. I We do things very methodically of, are we ready to take this on? And the business is very cash flow positive, but there are things that come before other things. Example, paying the employees before custom packaging. <laughs> yeah, that's so, pretty fair. Sounds yeah, like a really yeah. strong principle. Exactly. And I love, I work so closely with my boyfriend Braxton and it's really beautiful to have the masculine and the feminine energies in the business because I, we both think of things and we approach the same situation very differently, but yeah. they're both beautifully and they're both needed. So he's more of like the kind of like action, let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I am like the, I reflect on it and I really think so deeply and profoundly about all the different outcomes mm. of a certain situation. And then we put our heads together and then we choose the route. So everything has just been very beautiful. And I met Braxton maybe five or so months before I actually launched physical product. So I didn't let him help me at all because I'm very stubborn. And I was hey, like, hey, no, hey. I'm doing this by myself. It really wasn't until- I like, don't need no man. I don't need no man. <laughs> and I just had this idea of, I, I think that in order for a relationship to be healthy, we need to have that separated from yeah, work. Totally. So I, I also, that was like a huge reason. And he came along really, he's always been in my ear, always helping and always supporting from the very beginning, but really came on like last year to the team. And mm. it's just been so wonderful to have again, like that masculine counterpart because we're both brilliant in our own ways. And together we really like, we've been able to really direct this business in the right way. I love that. Oh, so much good stuff there that we get to dive into. Okay, mm -hmm. awesome. So for everyone listening, even just to set some extra context, two things that are really interesting and unique about you is you've had such a light team and you've made such an impact and we'll dive more into those strategies that allowed you to do. Would you be willing to speak to the amount of like revenue you're doing monthly these days with the resources that you do have? Yes. Yeah. So monthly we're at about 40,000 a month. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And how many a... units is that? Cause you said just because you said your first order is literally 50 units or 500 units, 500 units here. Let me do some math for you. Our average order value. I do know this is about 103 soothe. We have three products now. When I started off, I just had soothe my one tincture and now we have three and we're coming out with two more. So it'll be five total, but let me see. One, two, three. Also, I do want to mention, so that would be about 830 units per month. I do see clients one-on-one -on -one as well. It's not a huge part of the business anymore. When I first started off my actual like business, like it was legit. I had an LLC. Everything was legit. I did start off with my clinic. Now this is during COVID. So I wasn't seeing anyone in person, which I was really bummed about at the time yeah. because I thought that would be my business. I thought that I was going to have this really awesome natural health clinic in Austin and see people in person. So really it wasn't like, it wasn't like my priority to create product. So COVID really changed that for the better for me personally. Yeah. When I see people, I would say I see a handful of people every single month. So that's an additional to that 40,000. Got it. That's so epic. Okay. 
And what's also very interesting is that you have also through your authenticity and your passion, you've built a pretty large social platform. Actually, before I even say that, what are your main, before I make any assumptions, what are your main sales channels? So you have your social platform, you have your podcast. Are those the main channels? Are you doing a lot of advertising? And maybe just what are the percentages of how you drive most of your revenue for your business? Yes, great question. I don't run any ads. So everything is done through social media and through podcast. And then I, of course, have email channels set up and text. So email, text, really mostly Instagram. I'm on a bunch of other social media platforms and like YouTube, TikTok. And I think it's gaining, they're all gaining traction, but those views aren't necessarily equating so much to sales as Instagram is. Instagram's definitely the winner for me. Why do you think that is? Do you think that's just like people's behavior patterns? Like it's just more normalized to go through bios and a lot of these days, influencers always have cool programs and products to get engaged with. I honestly feel like the demographic on TikTok and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, is just wildly different than my demograph on Instagram. Instagram, I really feel like, oh, I'm talking to like humans. (laughs) Like I'm talking to humans who are genuinely engaged. And sometimes I feel like TikTok, I'm like, are these bots? Are they all bots? So I don't feel that community sense with TikTok. TikTok, I think is super entertaining and depending on your algorithm can be very educational. But in terms of like building, I just feel like TikTok it wasn't supposed to be a community building thing. Whereas Instagram is like, oh, you have these stories and it's very easy to message people. Even if you don't follow each other, you can still send someone a message. You can't really do that on TikTok. And some people have massive followings on TikTok and not so much on Instagram. So I think it really just depends. Like I have found for my personal business, Instagram is the winner. I've also been on Instagram way longer. Instagram's been around longer. So that's part of the reason. And I was very like anti having multiple multiple social medias. Yep. It wasn't until last year that I actually started posting consistently on TikTok and I've gone in and out and usually it's like, I'll just repurpose my Instagram content. Like I don't really make special content for TikTok because I just have this deep feeling like that's not really my channel. I've had some people that have followed found me on TikTok and come over to Instagram and they're super engaging on there. So I'll keep doing it, but I don't have, I'm not like stressed out about posting on TikTok. It's probably good. It's probably yeah. a good thing. When you talk about alignment <laughs> yeah. and authenticity and just yeah, energy management, that's probably a good For thing. sure. I will say something unique about ads. So I've only run ads once and it wasn't, it wasn't like Google ads or Facebook ads or anything like that. It was actually, I was asked to run a native ad for a month long on a menstrual health app. That's the only thing that I've ever done. And I kind of laugh thinking about it because I remember being like, this is going to be easy money, easy cash. Like this is like my demographic right here. These are women who actually care about their health and specifically their menstrual health and their fertility. And it did not produce that much of a kickback. And I think I know we for sure know why my website needed and is still going through like this transition right now. So we didn't have a great landing page or website that people were going to, which is huge. So anyone listening that needs to be there for sure. It doesn't need to be like, yeah. And it doesn't need to be this beautifully designed website. It just needs to work. It needs to be fast and it needs 
more importantly than all, it needs to be very descriptive so that when people hop over, they know exactly what your brand is and what you're selling within the first 10 seconds. Like they'd need yeah. to know right away, probably yeah. less than that, like five seconds. So we didn't really have that set up. We didn't have the proper tracking links either, like the UTMs for the ads where to really understand from. where they're coming from. We've increased in revenue at month over month since starting as a business. And so unfortunately we weren't really able to like say with certainty that any of that increase in revenue actually was attributed to that. And based on the rate, like the standard rate that we've been increasing, because it's been very steady ever since I started two years ago, I can say with certainty, it was not from that partnership. If I were to ever do something like that again, it wouldn't be me running it like I was. It would be professionals who like live and breathe ads and yeah. who understand that. And I think What's so underestimated is the importance of hiring out professionals and not doing everything by yourself. And to a certain point, especially if you want to be self-funded, you have to wear a lot of hats. And I was totally okay with that. I'm still okay with it. I think I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. <laughs> like we will hit a plateau if I keep doing all of these things half as good as they could be. So it's a, it's an exciting place to be, but it's also really scary to be honest. Like all these things that I've had full reign over and control over, I always do air quote control because we never have control, but it's felt like I've had control over these areas and I'm going to be passing them off. And, yeah. and then it's a new job that I have to step into of leading those people in those roles. There are always shifts going on in business and I just have to remind myself of that. And it's all about perspective. So I can either look at it as, oh my gosh, this is so stressful and scary and I'm so fearful that they're not going to do a great job. Or I can lead with love and compassion and just excitement of, yeah, the team's getting bigger and I have these experts on here and we're all going to work together to make this what it should be, which is just a really big, beautiful thing that produces generational wealth that I can pass mm. on to my daughters is the goal. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Could definitely keep going down that rabbit hole. I want to jump back out and just hit on a couple of like, tactical things that came up as you were having, you were sharing about your business. One, okay, you grew the, you grew this awesome social platform. Obviously it takes time. Obviously you're doing it for years before you, you were building that momentum and learning how to even probably speak authentically and what your true voice was, but it eventually did pop. What are three strategies that you still employ today or strategies that someone who's really looking to dial in their, not only their authenticity, but like literally there's the algorithm and it's like how you strategically approach the platform. What are three tips you would give to someone if they're looking to, yes, of course, be more authentically them and attract the right type of people, but even the more strategic approach to how you've navigated Instagram and how you've seen a better return on your time that you put into the platform. Snap. I was going to say as my first thing, be authentic, <laughs> but you're like, how do you be authentic? Gosh, that's an interesting question. I've never been asked. Like, how do you be that? So of course it starts off with just finding what are your passions and just like writing them down somewhere to always remind you when you show up into your office and into your workspace of what are your goals, right? With your business or with your personal platform. And I've followed and seeing a lot of different like social media marketing experts throughout the last few years. And 
all of them have a different approach. And I've realized like, that was frustrating at first for me because I was like, why can't we all just be on the same page? And I was even just telling Braxton this earlier because obviously his brand is on social media as well. And he was a little frustrated because they have this team that are creating these amazing videos for his brand and they're not taking off. And I'm like, you just started posting on TikTok. It's going to take a while. I wish, I think myself and everyone else who's on social media with businesses and these platforms wish that there was this one formula that you could just follow and take off. And a lot of marketing and social media marketing experts and managers say that there is because that grabs and pulls, pulls people in. Yeah. Um, there never really is. People are on social media for different reasons. People are following different accounts for different reasons. Like for me, for example, I'm still trying to figure out like, what does my audience really like? And there's really no rhyme or reason. And I'll, I'll get to my three steps, but I just want to preface. You're good. Like, yeah, you're there's good. no rhyme or reason. Like I have a video that just was so silly. It was like Braxton and I, like we both are like very theatrical too. And we love to kind of act and dance and sing. And it's just a, us st stepping outside. It's like a nine second video of me saying, Hey, like I'm on my period right now. How about you go find some other friends to hang out with? And he's like, but I don't have friends. I want to hang I out with you. That and, video. Yeah. Was it was funny. like a Shrek audio. And anyway, that took off. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? This took us like literally five minutes to make. And I post videos sometimes that are just, I put so much more intention into them and time and effort and they don't take off at all. And one would think an old Maddie would take that type of video and go, okay, this is the type of content that people want to see. Just one shot, like nine seconds or less text is like very legible right there and funny. If I recreate something like that, it's still not a given that's going to take off. And I have plenty of videos. I just had one the other month with our mutual friend, Noah, that is reaching like 3 million views right now. It's still climbing. And that was a really long video. It was like a minute long. It's us talking it's multiple takes. And you know, that is not at all like the other video that took off. So there really is no rhyme or reason. And I I feel like I've never heard someone say that. And so I hope that I'm actually like having our listeners feel a little bit relieved right now hearing that is that it's not your fault. Like really, it just depends on the day and things will take off. I will yeah. say that with consistency though, I mean, I post almost five days a week, Monday through Friday, most weeks. And when you're posting at that frequency, it's you're destined that like a few things a month are just going to take off. Yep. And again, like you're growing your platform and I don't want people to be too stuck on like how many views things are getting as much as you can feel. And you can tell if you have a community, are people like really engaging with like, your stories and sending you messages and leaving genuine comments on your videos, like cultivating community is the biggest thing. And so how do you do that? Like, I think everyone's wondering, how do I do that? And we, like, especially our generation and younger, like, we love people being real, right? And I saw this thing the other day, of, it was a video that I came across, and it was talking about the Kardashians and how they're out, right? People just don't really see them as, like, relatable at all, right? <laughs> they're not relatable. They're, they have in, these insane private jets, and they get to fly them wherever they want. And the life that they live is not relatable for most people. And they're not really on top of trends. Like, people just aren't following them for the same reasons that they used to as being, like, the trendsetters and like being like these cool women that we want to be like regardless if you agree with that or not that's why people used to follow them and still some do and so really who you taking off now are like 
a lot of the homesteaders, honestly, like the women who are like in these beautiful long dresses and they're not necessarily in the most beautiful aesthetically looking home. And they're not wearing a Louis Vuitton dress and a purse. Like they're just like real, like they have all of their kids around them. They're making everyone breakfast in the morning. Boom. It takes off. Like people just love it. Right. And then you see a lot of videos taking off because they're educational. So whether they're podcast clips or it's someone, you know, talking or not talking to the camera, but it's like a video of them with information over it. People want to learn and they want, especially when it comes to their health, right? Like I feel health hacks and travel hacks are the things that really go off on Instagram. It's yeah. How to travel to all these countries using airplane points or excuse me, credit card points. Those videos like get millions of views and then, you know, how to help balance your blood sugar and why you should go outside and yeah, like those take off. So it's just following the trends, social media, like all things, it it goes through its own fads and you just have to follow them. And how I really follow them are, I found a few accounts that I like to follow who are those social media experts. They don't necessarily call themselves that, but they're like the trend followers. And so yeah. they provide great insight. Would you tell us who those are? Yeah, I don't know them off the top of my head, but I can sure. send them to you. I'll send them to you after this and then you can link them up. Perfect. So yeah, I just follow. And honestly, sometimes I unfollow them after a few months and I find new ones, right? You just have to find what resonates with you. And that should just be your tell-all sign if you should follow someone or not, if you should apply their information to what you're doing. And honestly, for my own mental <laughs> mental and emotional health, I've really just tried to release a lot of expectation for videos. And honestly, just ask yourself, like, how do you want to show up today? Do you want to do a short video? Do you want to do a long one? Do you want to talk to the camera? Or would you rather do a voiceover or just copy? Just ask yourself what you want. And people are going to see it no matter what, whether it's think about just 10,000 people seeing it, which most videos nowadays are getting five to 10,000 views. Generally speaking, that's so many people. Just think of how many people that is in a room and just like looking at you and talking to you. So I think that we have to give ourselves a lot of credit to just show up, like just do what you know how to do best and be yourself and share this information and the right people will start coming, whether it's super fast or it's super slow, they will start trickling in for sure. I love that. All right. So I'm going to do this to you, but we're going to just like pound through some questions because we have about five minutes left and there's really one more big thing I want to cover. And then just some like rapid kind of fire questions at the yes. end. So similar to this question, I just asked you, but more on the actually building a consumer packaged goods product with zero experience topic. So for people listening, like really what I think is so cool about your story is that it's genuinely so relatable. You're a person who had a passion, who created a platform and then built an epic company on that platform. So what have been your three biggest lessons learned or the hardest lessons that have come from building a CPG company that most people that are going to jump into the space even if it's in a different niche, may encounter? Or three tips you would give that person who's more generally entering the CPG space? Yeah, three steps I would recommend. Number one would be to not overwork yourself. That is something that I've been very, like, very keen on from the very beginning of, I'm not going to work myself to death and like sleep under my desk. I think part of the reason why many of us want to be entrepreneurs, at least a slither of the reason is to have more freedom. And so it's very counterproductive if 
we decide to do this and then we don't give ourselves that time to take care of ourselves, to connect with our friends, with our families, to go outside. And I've realized that I've gone in and out of this throughout my entrepreneur journey, but of being like, oh, getting burnt out when I'm losing the spunk for what I'm, what I'm doing. So that's my first thing. And that's advice that my dad, who's also an entrepreneur and started, and then, I mean, he's retired now, but an investment banking firm that started in Chicago and then went worldwide growing up. I had my father figure worked literally six, seven days a week and was traveling 90% of the time. And he actually was on to give me that advice of do not work yourself to death. It is not worth it. And just take care of yourself. Everything else is going to just fall into place. Another piece of advice that I have that was also given to me, and I really loved this because I had two feet. I had one foot in my business and one foot in something else that I was doing. And as scary as this sounds, if you are in a place to do, put both feet in yours because it will happen a lot faster. It just will. And we only have so much mental capacity to actually devote to that type of critical thinking and like critical work every single day. And if you're only giving your business half of that or sometimes less than half of that, it's just going to grow a lot slower. So that's number two. And then number three would be, yeah, just hire out help. Of course, be okay with having all hands on deck at the beginning, but also where it's appropriate, hire it out. And let go of that ideology that you need to do everything and that you're going to make more money if you do everything because it's actually the opposite and it's a hard one to swallow. And I still, I still approach this every single time that we, whether it's hire on a new person or we hire on a new agency or whatever it is, I still have to get over that hump and it gets easier every time, but really it's, you're going to get out of the business, what you put in. So there are some things that were non-negotiables for me at the beginning. When I was selling over 200 units a month, I needed help. So I went to a 3PL and I had a 3PL that was helping me out because I realized again- What is a 3PL for someone who doesn't know? Yes, third-party logistics. They are a warehouse that does all fulfillment for you. So they hook up their own fulfillment software to your Shopify. They get all of the orders. So that was huge because- I was in a one bedroom apartment when I started my business. I was living alone. I literally couldn't take work off. And I remember my sister's wedding was coming up and I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I can't just not ship out orders for two weeks. And I remember that being like this whole fiasco of having to find people in Austin. I hired them. I had to give them access to my apartment. I had to teach them how to use the whole system. And I had a buy a label printer, which is not that expensive, but like things just add up. Right. And you're like, why, what is like my time and energy worth? And so there are some non-negotiables. Every business is different. I would just advise people find those non-negotiables and hire those out from the get-go because it will make your life so much easier. And you can focus on building the business instead of being like in the business, you can work on the business. So those are my three. If I had to only choose three, of course, there are so many, so much things and advice that I'd give to people, but those are like my top three is like, just at the end of the day, take care of yourself. Do not overwork yourself. Make sure you have ample amounts of time to rest and have 
joy and play because you'll actually be able to work better on the business when you do step into your office. And yeah, you'll just have more zest for it as well. And yeah, having both build your business. Like if this is something that you're going to do it and like you deserve it, your team deserves it, your business deserves it to have all of your attention and energy. And the third one is, yeah, get help. Because I know the saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to do anything, especially to start a business and to have a functioning business. So go find your people because there are incredible people out there. So go find them and hire them and bring them on the team. I love that. I love that so much. And for me, it feels like, a, especially that last point, a fine line. And I love how you said it of this desire to do everything. I feel like that truly makes most people good entrepreneurs when they're willing to step in and at least learn, learn about all the different functions of the business, be dangerous so that you can at least hold people accountable. And they're not just running parts of your business that you don't understand, but also the willingness to let that go. So you can actually scale and create systems rather than always be on, always be engaged. So yes. that sounds amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay. Last question before I let you go, for people who have loved this conversation, okay, I lied, two questions. Second to last question, what are some resources that you would direct people to? I want to, the last question will be about you and how people can find you, but for people who have loved your frame on life, frame on business, are there any podcast books? You obviously mentioned there are some people on Instagram that we'll link to later, but outside mm -hmm. of that, any other resources that have really impacted you and your growth that others can check out as well? I didn't read this book, but Braxton refers to it all the time. So I feel like I just have read this through, book at through this point. osmosis. Yes. The four hour work week is one that he really loves. And that just really, it's more than what it sounds like. It's about efficiency. And a huge part is like hiring out your customer support, hiring out an assistant if you need one. Like, hire, how do you hire? First of all, how do you find these people and how do you train them? So that one, I've loved a lot of those like principles and lessons that have been shared with me. Honestly, I do a lot of reading and like listening in terms of like research. So I don't have too much time or desire or energy to really read a lot about business. A lot of it I've learned from through intuition because I know my demographic so well. So I would say if your demographic for your business is a little bit foreign to you, my demographic is me. So I <laughs> more or less, I I really understand it. But if you don't know, I would say really doing some like research, like like going to statistica.com, like really doing some research on your demographic. But honestly, I don't have a whole lot of business, but like I, I've never read a business book before. Uh, I've great. listened to like the Spotify, what is that one podcast called? It's like the most famous Spotify podcast. I'll have to send that one to you as well, but they're great and they have great, I mean, they have founders on there to talk about how they built their business. Yeah. Is it is how always, I built this? That's not a Spotify. That, I love that podcast too. Is that still going? I think it is. Okay, it's like cool. an NPR show. I yeah. I love that one too. And I think that is just so fascinating again, just to hear how people have built their business. Cause it's always so different. Yep. You have so many businesses, especially those businesses pre COVID who did so well with ads and just basically would start any business they wanted, put some money behind ads and then make two to three X that. So business, like the landscape of businesses nowadays is not really like that. Like you can't yep. just like automatically make your money back and two to three times more on your yeah. ads. It's not that yeah. easy anymore. So really, I think what a lot of people are studying and we, heck, we may even see some, we we definitely have podcasts about it now, but we may even see some books in the future about 
creator-led brands is really huge. Yeah. And yeah, I know there's a bunch of like entrepreneur networks to be a part of as well. I'm a part of a couple of Slack channels and that's like the extent of what I do in the business realm. But Fuel Made is in a membership group where businesses can be a part of it if they make over six figures, I believe. So Braxton's a part of that and he loves it. They have a few conferences every year. And I think if you're truly trying to get into the nitty gritty, like parts of being an entrepreneur and like really networking and really learning that type of stuff. I think being a part of something like that, where you're beyond just like reading a book, right? Yeah. Like you're actually going to a week long conference and you're with investors and entrepreneurs and you're really learning from them. I feel grateful that my partner who I live with does that for us. So there we go. Um, yeah, I get that. And I get to really do what I love, which is research. So I think that I'm, I'm forgetting the Spotify one, Delaney, when I remember it, I'll send it to you. Perfect. But that one's a really great one that I actually have listened to, especially during the beginning stages of, do I do order protection? Which one do I do? Like, which app should I use for my subscription? So he's a really great host and really great. Okay. And then one final thing I'll say is mentor pass is awesome as well. That is another one. Shout out Braxton for knowing about that one. But Mentor Pass is where you basically get credits. How you get these credits, I'm assuming you pay, but you get to talk to these really cool entrepreneurs and investors and you just get to pick whichever one you want. And depending on, I hate to say this, but depending on their status and their how famous they are, they're more or less credits, but you get to talk to them and it's so cool. And Braxton does it pretty often. Cool. And I... Yeah, he's just met, he's met his website team through there. I now use them for my website team. So it's really great because they're like already vetted. These people are just have built successful businesses and they just have that brain. And mm. it's always so cool talking to those people because I feel like every single, it's usually men, which is, come on, woman, where are we? I know that we own businesses, but they are always just, oh my gosh, your business is so perfect. I love that. <laughs> they're like, it is set up so perfect. I'm like, great. Let Thanks me know what tip. else I should do. <laughs> yeah. What else should I do? Tell me, give me all the good stuff. Yeah. Mentor pass is really great. You just get to choose who you want to talk to, who resonates with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Actual last question for people who want to connect with you, Maddie Miles and Peace Love Hormones, where can people find you? Yes, please connect with me on Instagram. My name is, my handle is the Maddie Miles and then Peace Love Hormones is linked within there. So you'll just be able to find everything Perfect. from there. And Our all, website's and linked there. Yeah. The but please do connect with me. I love, especially if, from, if you're from Austin, if you see me out, I'm out all the time, like at yoga, getting matchas, please say hi. I would love that. And yeah, connect with me on social media. Awesome. Maddie, thank you so much. This has been really insightful. I had a great time chatting with you and I know the audience will have gotten tons of value. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Delaney.